Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Hi there. For those that I haven't met, I'm Beth. I'm one of the staff members here. It's such a privilege to be able to share the word this morning. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And we're talking about Holy Spirit, and is he just not your favorite? He's the party side of God, I think. That's just how I think. But how about the last two weeks? Have you been here the last two weeks on Matt's teachings? They have been fire. If you've missed them, please look them up. There's various ways, YouTube, Facebook, um, on our website for media. But it has been super powerful. Well, if you were here last week, do you remember Matt saying, start that pizzeria? Do you want to hear the rest of the story? Because it's Holy Spirit. Well, it was, you know, I, I listened to it again and people, like just now you guys giggled. That's what happened when he said it. He had started preaching, and he stopped and goes, oh, yeah, during worship, this dropped into my spirit. And he shared two words, and one of them was, start that pizzeria. And everybody kind of laughed, and Tim and I giggled on the way home and talked about it. And then Monday on staff, we talked about it, we just said, I wonder who that was for, if it was online streaming or somebody here. But we didn't know. Matt says, I just know it was the Lord. And see, this is what I want to teach on today is the Holy Spirit gifts. We get to cooperate, but we're not responsible for pulling them off. We're responsible for cooperating and being a part of the process. Well, Monday afternoon, Matt gets this phone call. And this gentleman calls and introduces himself, and he says, Hey, Matt, my wife and I, we've been thinking about starting a pizzeria for about two months. And we didn't know if it was the Lord. We wanted to have a place where we could employ teenagers and pour the love of God into them and they would have a safe place to hang out. He said, and just Saturday, we drove by a place that had closed down and I said to my wife, should we contact them and get their pizza ovens? And he goes, but we still didn't know if we should do it. Sunday morning, we get up and we decide to go to a wake for the first time ever. And he goes, you're preaching, and you said, the Lord says, start that pizzeria. And the guy nudges his wife. He goes, did the pastor just say, start that pizzeria? (laughs) And she says, I think so. But you know, if you're sitting here live, you can't rewind 15 seconds like we can on all of our podcasts. What was said? And so they were like stunned. They didn't say, oh, that's us. It was like, did he really say that or did we make that up? So I want you to know that's how Holy Spirit works. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the purpose of the benefit of all. But I thought, how kind you are, God, to drop that into Matt's heart. As weird as it sounded, he said it. As weird as it sounded to you guys, it was handcrafted for someone to profit us all. And when we were talking about it as a family, Mom and Tim and I were around the dinner table. You know what? We've been praying for that pizzeria. We've been praying, God, you are doing something. Would you supply the place? Would you supply the finances? And it got me so excited that we as a body 
When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, it's to profit everybody and we get to be a part. And that's what we're talking about today. So just a small recap of the book of Acts. We all know about the day of Pentecost. He taught on that. But what's interesting is when we read this, we just think, oh, in the next day or next month. But really, this is covering years. Um, like Acts 8, when Philip goes to Samaria, that's eight years after the day of Pentecost. When Peter goes to Cornelius's house in Acts 10, that's 10 years after the day of Pentecost. When Paul goes to Ephesus, the famous one they shared last week, in Acts 19, this is 20 years after the day of Pentecost. And you remember, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in Acts 19? He had come upon disciples. They were ministering, they knew God, but he said, hey, did you receive since you've believed? So that's the question we wanna keep putting out there as a body. Hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed on Jesus? Because this is the piece of the puzzle of the kingdom that we need that's power. So can I just say it's different than the fruit of the Spirit? In the body of Christ as a whole, there's a lot of teachings on the fruit of the Spirit. And that comes out of Ephesians. It, I mean, excuse me, Galatians 5. And this happens when you're born again, Holy Spirit, Jesus and Father come live in us recreate us, they make up their home in us. We get all of God. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate event that his power comes on us, in us, through us for work, right? But the fruit of the Spirit, which you've heard maybe a lot about in your life, is taught because people feel like it's safe. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That should be happening in every born-again believer's life. I agree. But we're not talking about the fruit today. We're talking about the gifts. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 in verse 1. This takes place 25 years after the day of Pentecost of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, verses 1 through 3. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to those dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's opening this topic of spiritual gifts, and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And it's interesting because he also says, remember when you were a Gentile and you were pulled away by all these idols? You know, in, in Corinthians, in Corinth, there's tons of idolatry, all kinds of idols. But he says, you guys made your own idols. You carved them, you built them. You literally, they couldn't see, they couldn't speak, they couldn't hear, but you worshiped them. And he's setting a precedence of, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who hears and sees and speaks. But it's so interesting, too, that when he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, it wasn't that they didn't know about spiritual gifts because he's going to actually bring some correction. So they knew about it, but they were misusing some of it. But I wonder, you guys, if in nowadays for our culture, if he would, was writing tests, if he'd say, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know about them. Because here, 
they knew of the existence and he was bringing correction to the operation. But I wonder if today, if he was writing to us, he'd be concerned that the existence of the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't operating to the extent he wants them to. So I would say to us, let's not be ignorant that they exist and how to operate in them. I also felt like, I don't know why, but when I was thinking about him talking about idols, things that they had built, and I just felt the Holy Spirit pause on that. That something you create becomes something you worship. What does that look like in our lives? I don't have little statues, I don't have, but is there anything? I just felt like the Lord wanted me to ask that question. Is there anything you've created, a business, a marriage, your children? Is there anything that's become something you worship? Because if so, let's put Jesus back on the throne and put him first. But he also is telling them if the Holy Spirit is speaking, he won't curse God. So they're having troubles with that of them saying all kinds of stuff and saying it was God. And if you say Jesus is Lord, it's by the Holy Spirit because he will always, did you know this? Holy Spirit will always lift Jesus up. It's a sign that you're speaking in line with him. And so even that, he says, Holy Spirit will always, if you speak by the Holy Spirit, you'll say Jesus is Lord. And then it got really personal to me again. This is what happens when I read the word. It's not just all far off, it's in my life. And I wanna say, if I say Jesus is Lord, which I do, how is my life different than non-believers? How is my life so much different that non-believers question their life when they look at my life because I say Jesus is Lord? I felt challenged. I want non-believers to question their disbelief because they're in relationship with me. Don't you? So really, are we available to be used by um, God, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So before we read more about them, can I first clarify, these gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're going to go through have nothing to do with your temperament. They have nothing to do with what type of personality, if you're type A or what you are. It doesn't Gifts of the Holy Spirit don't care what your Enneagram numbers are. Sorry. None of that. Gifts of the Holy Spirit don't care if you're born in the north or the south. Promise. But I feel like sometimes I remember sitting under a pastor that I really respect and love, and he talked about how he orchestrated his time with God and that he never had the Holy Spirit change his sermon. He would memorize them. He preached four times every weekend, and it was exactly the same no matter what service you went to. And I remember we were in a ministry school, and Tim asked him, he said, have you never had Holy Spirit change your sermon? He said, never. But God knows who I am, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't flow with that. And I was like, wow, this is no condemnation. I don't mean this, but the Lord spoke to me, and he says, Beth, you're to be conformed to my image. I never said I'd be conformed to your image. So sometimes we say in things like this, oh, that's just not my temperament. Ooh, I'd never, I'm so quiet. I'd never stand up and give a tongue and interpretation. Watch out, don't say that. <laughs> so the active experiences of God's grace at work in the church, that's what the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit 
and you're gonna see it includes all, everyone, and to each. Not one person here gets out, just saying. It includes all of us. So let's read verses four through six. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. What's really fun is you see Holy Spirit in verse four, Jesus in five, and God the Father in six, and it covers the whole chapter, but we have so much to cover in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I won't get to the rest. But it's so cool, it's kind of like, Holy Spirit's the power, Jesus is the architect, he puts you all in the body, hey, you belong there, you belong there, and God is the overseer, he's like the chief contractor that makes sure everything keeps going, it's just fun to see, just in natural speaking. But it says in verse seven, the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. How many? Are you a one? Each one for the profit of who? It's to benefit everybody. It's not to benefit you. It will benefit you, but it's really for all. So this is what I wanna also talk about where it says diversities of gifts back up in four. That really comes from a Greek word, Kara, it's where we get the word charismatic from. It means gift, it's a grace. It's not earned, but it literally is a gift and it's a free gift. It's a spiritual endowment the Bible talks about. So I just want you to know that it's important to see it's free, it's a gift, it's a grace, and it's a demonstration. Because then when it says, but the manifestation of the spirit. Have you thought about that? Just the manifestation. What does that mean? It takes something from the invisible world and makes it visible. That's what a manifestation is. You know, if you work in the medical field, a lot of times doctors are looking for things to diagnose based on manifestations, right? Something that isn't seen, but what is it manifesting? But this is the Holy Spirit says, a manifestation is taking from the invisible world to the visible. It's for everyone, it's to profit all. It's given to me to bless someone else. Woohoo! Don't you love that? I love that. Um, and it stretches me every time. So what are these gifts? Starting in verse eight, for to, to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's a lot of gifts, it's nine of them, so let's Let's see this as we're gonna look like from an airplane over something and describe it. There is not a lot of definition for each and every one of these. There's examples throughout the word of God. You can find all the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament except tongues and interpretation. 
So what I'm going to do is share with you my knowledge. I'm still learning and growing. Um, it was really fun for me to revisit and restudy this based on what I had learned back when I was 21 and going to Bible school and all the things in between. So let's go first to the word of wisdom. I want to tell you what this isn't. It's not regular wisdom. It's not James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask and God will give it liberally. The Bible talks about a word of wisdom. It's insight to something you need to know. Okay, it's a word. It's not the wisdom in Luke 2.52 where Jesus grew. He increased in wisdom in stature and in favor with God and man. It's not talking about this increasing thing. It's Holy Spirit moves on you. Boom, you get some wisdom. You give it out. Like your experience couldn't have given it to you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a supernatural gift. It's supernatural. This isn't natural. These gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit, supernatural happening, trusts a natural person to carry it, to say it, to do it. So I just want you to know that. It's usually a future word. Lots of times it will be used in conjunction with the word of knowledge. Like what Matt had, there's start the pizzeria. Matt just knew somebody was supposed to start that. That's like a word of knowledge. Some people would say, well, that was prophetic. Okay, let's, let's not, don't, don't get all, phew, because they can, they can dovetail. And you can call it pro, a prophetic word, I can call it a word of knowledge, and we both can be in agreement, okay? Because it's the Holy Spirit that works all of it, whether it's a word of knowledge, whether it's a prophetic word, right? But just so you know, it's a supernatural thing. Matt was worshiping God and poom. But how personal and awesome was it that somebody needed to hear that to be that Next thing. Now, I would say you're here at church, you're watching online because you want to be more like God. We want to grow. We want to know. But if you want to live the life God put you on this earth to live, you cannot do it without supernatural intervention from him, what he knows, delivered to you in order for you to live out what he's called you to. Otherwise, just live life like people without God, right? So, in Acts 8, 26 through 29, I believe this is an example of a word of wisdom. It's kind of interesting. And I really want to just say, let's not start debates on, on these, because I, as I was sharing, I thought, oh, God, people will say, oh, I think it's this, I think it's that. That's okay. You can think all those things. It's really okay. There's room for all of that because I do think sometimes it's the way we're taught or what we've experienced to this point. But in Acts 8, 26 through 29, we have Philip. Remember, Philip was set apart to serve tables. I want to give examples that they weren't just a pastor. It wasn't just an apostle. It wasn't just, it's people. Holy Spirit's going to use each, every one of us for the benefit of all, Right? So Acts 8, 26 through 29, let's see here. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go towards the south along the road which, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. And so he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had, the char had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So I'm not going to go into that. It's an awesome story. There's more supernatural happenings. Please read it later. 
but an angel came to him. So can I tell you, gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit can appear as an audible voice. They can appear as a vision. They can appear in a dream. An angel can show up, but it's still departing a portion of God's wisdom to you for something you need to go do. And he's saying, hey, Philip, I want you to go here because something's gonna happen. So here, wisdom hadn't already happened. He was going towards it. I believe that's an example of a word of wisdom. But just know it will manifest in many ways. You can have dreams, an angel can show up to you. Remember Joseph, an angel showed up and says, it's, it's dangerous for you to be here, take Jesus and go. It was a word of wisdom via a dream and an angel saying, something's gonna happen, get out of here. So just kind of think in that way with a word of wisdom. Um, how about in Acts 9, 15 through 16? This is an interesting example as well. Um, and this is where word of knowledge and word of wisdom, I believe, work together because I really want to back up and read, but we're not on word of knowledge, so we'll do the word of wisdom. Um, Ananias is been spoken to, and the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So I'm just going to do it. Back up. Ananias is spoken to. If you go in verse 11, this is a word of knowledge. The Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias said, oh, Lord, I've heard about this man. You know, whole story there. But what's interesting is first he gets a word of knowledge. And why I want to say that is it is information. Remember, a word of knowledge isn't everything God knows. He's depositing something that you couldn't know on your own, right? There's no way Ananias could know this. But he's told to, what street to go to, inquire at whose house, and ask for Saul. And I think it's so interesting that that takes faith to step out in, okay, did I hear you, God? Did I not? You know. But then it's coupled with a word of wisdom because the Lord says, please go, because he's chosen. And this, and he's future telling, he's given him wisdom about Saul, who becomes Paul, what he will suffer. And don't we know, at this time it wasn't known, but Paul did suffer. He was stoned, left for dead. Five times he was given 39 lashes, shipwrecked three times. So that really was forthtelling a word of wisdom of a portion of Paul's life that Ananias got. I think that's an important example. But I love word of knowledge, and I want you to know I think this is what I operate in the most Probably what prophetic people operate in the most, they do get prophetic words, but they get specific things too and just call it all prophetic. That's great. It's all Holy Spirit, right? So I do feel like in this, the prophetic word of that Ananias got, and I want you to realize he was a layman. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a pastor. This is for everyone to each. A, a gift is going to be given, and you can operate in several. The Holy Spirit will give it, and it benefits everyone. Everybody's involved in this Holy Spirit stuff. Yes, you can refuse, but you'll still be invited. So, um, what are some other examples that since now I shifted to word of knowledge? Jesus at the woman of the well. Remember, Jesus laid down his deity. 
laid down all God, became all man. And the woman at the well, what does he perceive? He gets a word of knowledge, right? Hey, go get your husband. She goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, you got that right. You've had five husbands and the man you're living with isn't your husband. And we don't know in scripture what else he said. If you watch The Chosen, it expands your thinking. But... (laughs) She says, he told me everything about me. So there were specific things Jesus shared with her that he got that were parts in the mind of God about her. Well, that will catch your attention. Have you guys ever had a word of knowledge? Somebody spoke to you and you're like, man, you were so known. You were so seen. Like there was no hiding, right? But it's a a powerful thing that the Lord wants to use us in. It's supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit about certain facts in the mind of God. God knows everything. He doesn't reveal everything. So it's a word of knowledge. Um, I love this one story. This um, spirit-filled Baptist guy, he'd been raised Baptist and found out something was missing, got filled with the Holy Spirit. He became president of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship in his city. And he's a business executive. He's on the way to work, and Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, Stop at this really large Roman Catholic church. He goes, okay, word of knowledge. Just God says, do this. He stops, he's in the parking lot. Okay, God, the Lord says, go in the church. You'll find the priest praying in his office. And if you'll lay hands on him, I'll fill him with the Holy Spirit. So he's like, okay, so it's either God or not, right, you guys? (laughs) And I just want you to know, God loves that we practice things. He's not asking me, he's not asking you to be perfect at something we don't know how to do. Just start where you're at with what he asks you. I'm not afraid to miss it anymore because it's never been fatal and it's never been final. But it is uh, God, you know. So he goes through this huge church trying to find the priest's office, right? knocks on the door, introduces himself, but he happens to mention he's the president of the Full Gospel Businessmen's. And the priest said, I'm so glad. He goes, I was just reading the word and realized this spiritual deficit in my life of the Holy Spirit. And 10 minutes ago, I said, God, I don't know one person in this city that believes this or walks in it. Would you bring them to me? He got on his knees, he laid his hands on him, and it was, whew, Holy Spirit. Began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Another example of a word of knowledge, I was eight months pregnant with our first. We had just moved, we moved to North Carolina when I was six months pregnant, and I was home while Tim was at work, and so I let myself watch two TV programs a day because I knew I could just get sucked into way too much. But one of them was a live ministry show and they always prayed for people and all that and it was just fun. Um, but we always got it a tape day delayed. It said live, but I always got, you know, Monday's program on Tuesday. Friday's program I got on Monday. It was always just one day off. They taped it live. I wasn't watching it live. So one... Um, Saturday, I woke up, and I was about eight months pregnant, and the right side of my face was frozen. Just couldn't smile, couldn't whatever. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's Bell's palsy. I didn't know. But I just knew I didn't want it, and I didn't, it it kind of frightened me, and Tim laid hands on me and prayed for me, and it's like, what is this, you know, and tried to, anyway. So we just kept thanking the Lord. Saturday, Sunday, still there, just no function on the right side of my face. 
Monday morning, Tim goes off to work, and I said, I'll call um, my OBGYN and just see if I need to be seen or if they're concerned. And I turn on my 9 a.m. 9, 9 program. Now remember, it was taped on Friday. It's Monday. And Richard Roberts says, there's a young woman with half your face is frozen and God's healing you right now. Boom, I hit the floor and it was totally gone. So it was a word of knowledge and gifts of healings. So I just want you to know those are the kind of things that are practical, but they're exciting. And when it happens to you, it changes your life forever. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, I got to hurry through these. Gift of faith. Gift of faith is a supernatural grace or given to impart something specific. It's when it's in operation, whatever is spoken or decreed or desired, you step out in and it will come to pass. It's like you just know that you know that you know it's going to happen. I feel like the woman with the issue of blood, she had never known anybody to touch the hem of Jesus' garment to get healed. But she kept saying, she kept saying, she kept saying. I think she just was so determined that if I can just do this, I know. I believe that could be an example of a gift of faith. Um, what it's not, just because sometimes in understanding what a gift is, it helps to know what it isn't. It's not saving faith. Ephesians 2.8 says that by grace you are saved, that it's through faith, not of works. That is not the gift of faith, okay? It's not Romans 12, 3. God has dealt to each man a measure of faith. This is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit giving you this ability. I think Peter walking on water, don't you think, was a gift of faith? He's a fisherman. Nobody's walked on water. He's wondering if it's a ghost. And he says, Jesus, is that really you? And he goes, if it is, bid me come. He goes, come. He gets out. I think there was something in it. If Jesus speaks, I can do this. Gift of faith. Um, for me, would you show that picture of the car? Do you know what that is? It's a 1973 Vega. Yeah. So I was 19 years old, and I was in college, and I had no money. And it was my weekend to go home, and I drove that um, type of a car. And I had made this trip tons of times to my parents'. And it took three-fourths of a tank of gas. I only had one-fourth. And it, I didn't have any money. And I just thought, Ugh. and I heard the Lord say, go. I'm like, but, but I need money. And he goes, no, you need gas. I'm like, okay, well, don't I need money to buy gas? And he goes, no, just, just go. And I'm like, okay. You guys, I was so nervous. But I knew the Lord said, go. All right? Practice this if God tells you, okay? Um, so I... I was getting ready to leave my dorm and the phone rang and it was my brother. He's five years older than me. He attended the same college. He was back from serving in the Marines and he goes, hey, Bath. And I thought, he's gonna give me money. <laughs> he didn't. Um, I was tempted to ask him, but God had told me to go. So I didn't say a word. He just said, have the best time at mom and dad's. Let's study when you get back. And so now I'm pulling my dorm room um, door shut again and the phone rings again. And this gal named Heidi called me and she says, hey, Beth, are you going home to Forsyth? I said, I am. She goes, can I ride with you? I said, sure. I said, I'm leaving though now. She goes, give me 10 minutes. I said, okay, I'll come pick you up. You know what I'm thinking? She's gonna give me gas money. Guess what she didn't do? No gas money. And now I'm responsible for somebody else in the car. And so um, I just want you to know, I prayed a lot in tongues. It's the perfect will of God. And I just want you to know, if you don't do that, please make sure you come up here to be prayed for or we'll pray corporately. You need that because it is the way to be stirred up and hear really well. But I was, again, 
now responsible for somebody who had been saved for two weeks. She was telling me all the things God was doing, and I thought, oh, yeah, he's doing something else, and you don't know. <laughs> and I get to um, the halfway mark, and it's the first time I look at my gas gauge, and it's just buried at E, and I'm like, praise the Lord. And she says, what? And I said, oh, I'm just praising the Lord. <laughs> then we get to the Heisham Hills, and it's where you use the most gas in a gas guzzler like my car. And I was praying in tongues out loud. And I was just like, so we get closer and closer and I am about to explode. I'm so excited that God has done what he told me to do. He said, go. He said he'd multiply what I had, right? So I really believe I was operating in gift of faith. I get off the exit and she goes, oh, Beth, I live out in the country. All of a sudden I didn't have any faith. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. And so I had to go on a frontage road and go further out of town, drive up her lane, right up into their um, driveway, and my car just dies. And I went, whew. And she goes, what's wrong? I said, we didn't have any gas. She goes, what? I said, yeah. And she goes, well, we have gas out here. My, you know, we live on the farm. We have gas tanks, all of that. I'll go get it. And just like that, I heard the Lord say, I told you I'd get you home. Start it up. I'll get you home. I started up, got home. I went running in the house, guess what God did in a car like that. And my dad was not walking with the Lord. And he was like, you did what? <laughs> I said, dad, I didn't have any money. He goes, you can't drive a car with no gas. He went to take my gas cap off and it was vapor locked and went, Phew. he goes, don't you ever do that again. I said, dad, it was all I had. So from then on, anytime I was coming home, you know what he'd do? Beth, do you have gas? Do you have money for gas? Yes. So anyway, there's just lots of examples you have. And gifts of healings is the next. Please notice it's plural, gifts of healings. This is different than the anointing of oil, the laying on of hands. It's people can operate in supernatural gifts of healings where it's instant. Amy Simple McPherson is a good example from the 20s and 30s. She would have, um, she was on the front page of the LA Times for 10 years, you guys. 10 years, that second section, because of all the miracles of, she had gifts of healings operate through. A lot of times you'll have people that, that can have a ministry and they just deaf people always get healed. That's like a gift of healing in that area. They can still pray for cancer. They can still pray for other things. But usually gifts of healings manifest differently than just laying on of hands and anointing of oil. Um, just for an example. Miracles, miracles produce something that's been taken away. Like healing repairs what's broken, right? Healing will restore what's there but needs help. Miracles usually put something there that wasn't there, right? Um, it's a supernatural intervention in ordinary course of nature. Um, we had at our, when we had a home group when we lived here last time, we had somebody attend it. Her name was Kat. She had two steel rods up her spine, 12 inches on one side and 16 inches on the other, if I remember that that's what it was. And she wasn't even sure she believed in healing, but she had a progressive healing. But that third time she got prayed for, those rods disappeared. She went back to the same surgeon who inserted those rods here in Winston-Salem and goes, that's not, that can't be. How'd that happen? She goes, Jesus. So that's like a working of miracles, you know, when God does things like that. Then Kat was on a missions trip, this very same woman, and it was really fun. Um, she said we were visiting, I think it was in Nepal, wasn't it, Tim? Anyway, that a couple brought, when they heard her story, this is what testimonies will do, they brought their baby to um, her, and it was a two-year-old little girl who had no legs. She just had flaps of skin, felt like an earlobe, she said, right here. 
And they said, will you, will you pray? And she's like, oh, Jesus, this better work. Under, under her breath, she said that. And she takes those flaps of skin and says, Jesus, create these. And before the whole congregation, legs, they put that little girl down and she ran all over the place. And you can imagine miracles busted out. But miracles are things like that. It's, it's like the ax head floating in the Old Testament when Elisha did that because it was a borrowed ax head and his servant was so distressed because it sunk. I mean, why? God cares about those things. It's just a going against nature, right? Um, so many others. Feeding the 5,000, that's a miracle. You take five loaves, two fish, and you feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Prophecy, I think we're so good at this in this church, don't you? I feel like we're really good. I think we're strong in it. It's a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Usually this is, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's talking for public. It's usually from the pulpit or standing up in the congregation. We have prophetic teams and they're gonna give you a word of encouragement, exhortation and comfort. It's awesome. A prophetic word publicly, a lot of times will be spoken to the greater, the body, it will be supernatural as well. Um, and a lot of times if it's public, it brings a point of revelation too that um, you can see all throughout the scripture. Seven, discerning of spirits supernatural insight into the realm of the spirit, both good and bad. I've heard a lot of people think it's just detecting demons. That is not right, you guys. Discerning of spirits, even in the word of God, you'll see it. It really is getting revelation. Um, John on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, when he, the whole, he saw the Holy Spirit as seven spirits before the throne of God, he was seen into the spirit realm and could describe it. That's like discerning of spirits. You can see angels, you can see demons, you can see things, but what it's not is a gift of discernment. And my entire Christian life, I have had people say, oh, I have the gift of discernment. That's not even in the Bible, you guys. Um, and I'm not putting down what they said, it's a misunderstanding, but if, this is a discerning of supernatural beings. It's not a discerning of people. And I think it's really important. Acts 16, 16 through 18, we'll just read this one. And this is where Paul discerns a spirit of divination. And I think what's important is this woman is saying the right things, but he discerns something different. So Acts 16, 16 through 18. Now, it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met with us, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Sounds right, doesn't it guys? And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace. It wasn't good for them, setting somebody free. But I want you to know, he discerned the spirit at work, but he didn't address the person, he addressed the spirit. And I think so often people will um, say, I discern that person is bitter. And it doesn't mean Holy Spirit won't talk to you when you're in relationship with somebody and you can start asking them questions, but that's not discerning of spirits. Don't lump them together, okay? So I'm not saying Holy Spirit won't uncover things for you, but discerning of spirits is in the spiritual realm. Recently, I came back from a trip. I was really sick and I kept saying, Holy Spirit, what's wrong? Is it something other than just fighting something in my body? Because I felt like it wasn't just a natural thing. Have you ever had that happen? but I didn't know what it was. So I said, what is it? And 
I came to work on Monday, and the staff prayed for me, and I left. And as I was leaving, Dawn followed me out. She goes, can I pray for you again? I said, please do. She goes, I just discern like there's some witchcraft coming against you. I said, pray for me. Because I had been saying, Lord, is there something else? And he wasn't giving me the whole picture. But what she discerned, I said, please pray for me. And things shifted and changed. So discerning of spirits is, is for our benefit and as the Holy Spirit wills and he wants to do this. Then there's different kinds of tongues. Oh my goodness, you guys, there's so much. Um, this is for public use. Remember, we talked, Matt talked a lot about the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues, your private prayer language. Sometimes you'll hear David on the microphone when he's worshiping. That's not a public tongue. It's him worshiping the Lord and hearing from heaven and blessing the Lord. But when it's a public tongue, it is supposed to be accompanied with an interpretation. Tongues with interpretation equal public prophecy. Now, it's really important, you know, in Corinthians, it talks about if an unbeliever comes into our gathering, and there is prophecy, if there's public declarations of God's goodness, if the gifts are in operation, they're going to fall on their face and say, surely the Lord is in this place. That's why we want him. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.